We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Vince, are you ready for rapid fire? Say it's time, baby. It is time. It All is right. Time. I'm ready. I'm going to start off with uh, a listener question for rapid Ooh. fire before we get into the topics we were going okay. to get into. I'll just Let's start with this. this. What's this about Luke Fickle turning down Notre Dame before hiring Coach Freeman? It's all over the Cincinnati podcast. I'm being told. Okay, of course it's all over the Cincinnati podcast because they want themselves to feel good about themselves in that the reason that Fickle didn't come to Notre Dame is that he wanted to stay at Cincinnati and go to the uh, the the New Year the playoff, right? That right. <clears throat> that's what Cincinnati fans want to believe. The truth, what actually occurred, was that Luke Fickle really wanted the Notre Dame job, but he was a distant second place to Marcus Freeman. Okay, that's where the erroneous reports came that Luke Fickle was going to get the Notre Dame job. Remember when that was all going down? I want to say it was Dennis Dodd that had it out there that, that Fickle was going to Notre Dame. Where do you think he got that information? Luke Fickle I'm or sure. his, and or his camp, right? right. That's right. how that got out there. That wasn't coming from Notre Dame. Luke Fickle was never a finalist for this job. If you want to say finalist, well, like a top five. Top I mean, three. I was going to say, okay. like, what was a finalist he when they never didn't in the really, league. you know, like right. who they talked to in a four day span. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and I know that Jack reached out to numerous people and he probably did reach out and gauge interest. Right. But once they zeroed in on Marcus Freeman, it was game over. Like they weren't, they did not offer him the job. He did not have an opportunity to turn down the job. Correct. So, he wanted the Notre Dame job. Now, once he knew he wasn't going to get the Notre Dame job, it was, I'm staying in Cincinnati. You right. know, there was that because he didn't want to go anywhere else. Out, we're going to the playoffs. Yeah. And, yeah. He, he yeah. changed it pretty quickly, you know, which, okay, that that's what you do. I have no problem with that. He wanted the Notre Dame job. They didn't want him. Now, now okay. the, you know, this is valid, Derek. You know, you know, and again, this has been a year ago and that's easy. I think that you could have contained that while, you know, he was in the running for a playoff. You know, he, he wasn't just going to, I, 
I don't think he was ever going to bail on Cincinnati the way Brian Kelly bailed on right. Notre Dame. Because again, remember this was before the cha- you know conference championship games and all that stuff. He was interested. To what extent, you know, how serious it got, any of that. I think there was there was more interest on his part than there was on Notre Dame's part. Correct, and, and probably just the best way to leave it. As far as you know, would you stick with Cincinnati? I mean, if he was going to take the Notre Dame job, I'm sure they would have let him coach the, the Cincinnati game. Number one, number two, you've got you also have to be an adult and you have to think long term versus short term, right? Short term Notre and Cincinnati's in the playoff. Do we, did anybody really think that Cincinnati had a shot at winning the national championship last year? Because if you did, you're one of the only people that's not wearing a Bearcat uniform, okay? I was going to so, say, don't talk to Cincinnati fans like that. So that's fine. <laughs> but at the same time, what where can you have more long-term success? Cincinnati or Notre Dame? Yes. Long-term versus short-term people. Come on. Come I'm on. a little surprised in this case, though, that – he's going to Wisconsin and not staying at Cincinnati since Cincinnati is getting ready to make the move to the big 12 here. I, you know, and I thought that that kind of played into it as well in, you know, in, in the fact that he is, was ultimately still there, but apparently not, you know, that move so, that, that happened quick. I mean, yeah. granted Wisconsin has been without a head coach for a while. So I'm sure there had been conversations, but man, they didn't waste any time no. naming him the head coach after the regular season was over. Did they? No. Nope, wow. I don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 
All right, Vince, Marcus Freeman talked last week about how there's a different feel to the Notre Dame-USC game when it's played at the end of the season in Los Angeles compared to when the Trojans visit Notre Dame in the middle of the season. Do you buy or sell making Notre Dame-USC the last game of the regular season every year? It's a huge buy for me, and I've talked about it a little bit on this show not this show, one of the shows. I don't know. I've talked to my laptop about IB, it before. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> You've spoke to the camera and yes. said. <laughs> so with USC going to the Big Ten, that's going to shuffle some of the, you know, the way the schedules work out, right? Yep. The, the way the Big Ten operates, at least right now. Now, it may change when they start bringing in new people, right? But the way it works out right now, for the most part, all the non-conference stuff is at the beginning of the season. Now, You could, if you're USC, you go in and you say, we want this game at the end of the year every year, then that's fine. Then that's how they're going to schedule things, just like uh, Ohio State, Michigan's the last game of the season. You know, there's ways that you can make this happen, right? I don't think that they're going to be able to do the middle of the season, end of the season, middle of the season, end of the season thing that they've been doing this whole time. I personally would love to have this game at the end of the year, every single year, and especially with the fact that USC is on the incline. I think Notre Dame is on the incline. Mm-hmm. And when you have two elite teams facing off with each other, the last game of the season, that's awesome. Exactly. I want that all day long. People are like, exactly. well, then you got too much on the line at the end. It's a 12-team playoff, baby. I love you're, it. You're playing for seeding, yeah. number one, as well as bragging rights. I, like, I would love you, you know, again, would you rather have Notre Dame playing USC every year at, at the end of the schedule or continue this oh we're going to northern california now we're going to play stanford and you know and a, a completely meaningless game yes. if you had notre dame usc at the end of the season every year you know that becomes part you know it's it's right there it's already a great rivalry but i think it would become even more magnified in you know in the same realm especially now that usc is going to be playing in a midwestern conference you know, against Michigan and Ohio State, it puts it right up there oh, yeah. in relevance. It, it it jacks the relevance of this rivalry up even more because you play it in the mid. You know, like when again when they come to South Bend, when they come to Notre Dame, and you're playing in the middle of October, then it's it's like oh, you know, it's there's some cachet to it, but it's not nearly there's there's no. not nearly the meaning to it like when it's the last game of the regular season because. There, there might be implications for one team. There might right. be implications for both teams. And as you said, with both teams on an upward track, there's more likely than not going to be playoff implications for both of these teams for the next several years. Yeah, so I think it would be great. I think it would be awesome. You know, in, uh, because of what it? you said, because USC is going to the Big Ten, yes. things are going to have to get reconfigured anyway. If Notre Dame wants to. to keep Stanford – then just make Stanford home and home in mid-October every year because it doesn't deserve near the stature no. that it gets right now with, with this alternating in November thing. And, you know, there's going to be the UCLA-USC game, right? That's going to be something that they're going to play every year, but that's now a conference game anyway, and it will continue to be if UCLA follows through and comes to the Big Ten. You know, one of one of the posters says USC won't go for that, Okay, I get that to a degree. They're, first of all, USC is not well, going to be the one to say we're done with this rivalry. But they're not, not going to have that. a choice about if they have to go to Bingo. Columbus in November right. or Ann Arbor in, or, or East Lansing or 
you know, wherever. There's too many cold weather teams that yeah. you're going to have to go to. They're going to have to go on the road at least twice right. as of right, right now in the month of November to play Big Ten teams. Exactly. So, so there's sorry. no reason not to anymore. And and the Big Ten's going to have a big say about what their schedule looks like. A yeah. big say. But the Big Ten is going to have way more say over your schedule than the Pac-12 did because you're not the big fish anymore. You're 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 a big enough fish that they wanted you in, but yes. you're not the big fish. You're already taking a back seat to Michigan and Ohio State, yep. right? So you're not going to have the say that you think you're going to have coming into the Big Ten. I, I firmly believe that. So they're going to have to play someplace in the snow. And I'm all about that being South Bend, at least every <laughs> other year. I completely agree. So, I completely we'll agree. See. I think it would be great, again, for the rivalry. I think yes. it would be great for college football. And I can't remember if R.J. Abadia, and if you listened to the whole thing the other the other yeah. day, he was telling me, and I can't remember if he told me this before or during the interview, because we talked about a few things before the interview. You know, we, we hit the record button. But <laughs> he was saying that the reason USC and Stanford have to play in September every year right now is because of that alternating November schedule that they each have with Notre Dame because every other year each of them have to step out of Pac-12 play at the end of the season and so because of that the Pac-12 has made them play one of the earliest conference Uh, games every year in September because of their you know now again that's going to change because USC is is pulling the plug and and jumping out of there so right they're probably not going to play Stanford anymore (laughs) lucky them yeah no kidding no kidding Okay, fill in the blank. Kind of on the same topic here, a little bit anyway. The Thanksgiving college, you know, college football schedule filled with rivalry games. Notre Dame, USC, Florida, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, the Iron Boy, you know, Alabama, Auburn. But if the college football playoff expands, there's a good chance that all these rivalry games are going to have to move off the Thanksgiving schedule, basically be played at least a week earlier to accommodate the playoffs and they'd probably be replaced by conference championship games Thanksgiving mm. weekend. So that would be blank if that happens. It'd be unfortunate, but it wouldn't be the end of the world uh, because for me, that's must-see TV anyway, regardless of what weekend it's on. Now, it's nicer that it's Thanksgiving weekend because you've got more days and you can kind of spread those games out. Like we had a couple on Friday night and you know, you can spread them out a little bit more. And so that's always nice. Uh, I'm still going to watch all of those games. If it was the weekend before, as opposed to Thanksgiving week. So it loses a little bit of its luster, but not a whole lot. Cause I'm still going to watch it. And the conference game, unfortunately, like, so for this season, for example, so if we took this season and we put it, you know, a couple of years from now and you look at these conference championship games, which one of these conference championship games are you really looking forward to watching? Because none of them really light my fire, if I'm being I know. honest. They're all anticlimactic. They are. <laughs> I mean, do I want to see Georgia win big? Yeah, I do. But that's – I don't think the outcome is in any kind of uh, flux, right? I don't think the outcome's in flux in the Pac-12. I don't think the outcome's in flux in the ACC. I just – those games just don't – the rivalry games are more exciting. That's better football, I think, yes. uh, than than some of these these championship games. Yeah, and that's Shy Town says he's sticking with tradition, and that's kind of you know part of what's going to stink is you're you're going to that's the to me one of the bigger downfalls 
uh, of the expansion of the playoff. And really, it's not just the expansion of the playoff, but like realignment has done it as well. Like a lot of the traditions and rivalries are going away. And again, like that's why I think it would be cool going back to the Notre Dame USC thing to have that part of the whatever tradition you can create that that's always going to be at the end of the season, just like Michigan and Ohio State, just like Alabama and Auburn. Where that happens to fall on the calendar, I think is really kind of irrelevant. It's cool right now to have it Thanksgiving weekend. You've got the extra day, you know, Black Friday and all that stuff. And obviously you're off on Thursday, but you know, that's still more, more in NFL day, but it's like, it's, it's kind of cool to have it that weekend just because you've got a longer holiday, you know, a, a longer time off and all that kind of stuff. It's cool to have it. If you bump it up a week, it's still going to be there. It just kind of gets more compacted, I guess. Like you can't throw a few of them on Friday. You know, like LSU-Arkansas used to be one of those rivalries as well, and that's kind of been pushed aside as well, you know, after the SEC has continued to expand. You know, that used to be played on Friday not that long ago. But, you know, yeah, you still get to play them, so I think that's cool. But it, it... so it'd be a little bit disappointing, but at the same time, you still get the games. Right. And that's all that matters. Because right now, like if this was an, an odd numbered year, right? Notre Dame's playing Stanford on rivalry weekend. Yeah. Stanford is not Notre Dame's rival. Like that is seen again. It's like Notre Dame Stanford, Notre Dame USC versus you've got Michigan, Ohio State going on at the on, right. on the same day. What game stands out more to you if you could have it? every year on the same if you could have exactly. notre dame usc every oh. year at the end of the night after you started the day with michigan yes. ohio state sign I mean, me that's... up every year for that every so lose, baby year. yeah every year <laughs> scale of one to ten what chance do you give caleb williams to win the heisman about a nine and a half and i'm only putting it at nine and a half in case he like breaks his leg and somebody does something amazing this weekend but the problem is his biggest his biggest uh competition they're done for the year they're done they're, there's nothing else for them to do right Alabama done Ohio State done like they're there there's nothing else they can do to add to their Heisman hopes it's true Caleb Williams number one had the last say on Saturday night and he had quite the statement Mm-hmm. and he's got another say that he's going to have in the Pac-12 championship this weekend. So I don't see how he can't get it. And it's not because he necessarily went out and earned it, but the other guys just took such a step back, in my opinion, that it's like he's kind of the last man standing. Hey, Caleb, don't screw it up, dude. And he went out and beat Notre Dame. So that was his Heisman moment. I don't see how he doesn't win. No, I completely agree. It, it You know, there's a guy who won the Heisman back in the 60s. His name is Roger Staubach. Ah, And the kind of stuff Caleb Williams was doing was like Staubach-esque, you know, like the, you know, the whole running around and scrambling and, you know, eyes in the back of your head and all this different stuff, keeping plays alive. It's like Notre Dame secondary played about as well as they could play, but Caleb Williams just managed to keep plays alive all night, you know, like. I don't want to completely rob USC's offensive line of credit because it is a better offensive line sure. than it used to be. And they did do a, you know, a pretty good job of protecting most of the night, but Caleb Williams definitely makes that line look even better oh, than it is with yeah. his ability to do all this stuff, to run, you know, 60 yards all over the field and then 
find a guy down downfield and and, no and hit doubt. the open man after the play is broken down 10 seconds later you know no doubt. Like, i mean he pulled some houdini stuff numerous times right and we told you guys going in that that was going to happen like he was gonna yeah. do this stuff and you just you got to tip your cap and it, it just it is what it is and he made some very good reads in the run game and was able to score touchdowns doing that. I mean, he only had 35 yards yeah. rushing, but they were some impactful 35 yards, Sean. So, you know, he did what he needed to do. He wasn't amazing against Notre Dame, but he was pretty stinking good. And he was able to get himself out of trouble more times than he was in trouble. And that's the sign of a really good quarterback. I know. It just is. And I, if they were playing with their backup quarterback, Notre Dame wins this game going away. For sure. That's For the sure. difference. He was the difference in this game, though. He was yeah. the difference. Yep. I give him a nine to win the Heisman. The only chance that he doesn't, I think, is if he would have a bad game in the Pac-12 championship game and Drake May plays out of his mind. Like, it's he's possible. probably lost it the last two weeks losing yeah. to Georgia Tech and NC State, but he's going to play Clemson. So he's going to have his own moment, you know, for maybe a chance to put, you know, his his last little finishing touch. But, you know, again, I, I'd give, I I would give uh, Caleb Williams the nine. I would put the one on Drake May ahead of C.J. Stroud at this point, just because May has one more shot, you know, to have some kind of big Heisman yeah. moment of his own. That's fair, if, and it's a big if. Williams would struggle in the and against a big time opponent like Clemson. Yeah. I mean, right. So he's got an yeah. opportunity. You're right. I just think that's an awfully big hill to climb right now. You know, and that's I mean, it's nine to one for you. So I mean, I'm not saying that you're you know you're telling you're saying that Drake May is going to win it, right. but you know, I think the problem for Drake May in you know even moving forward to next year is his his pieces around him just aren't good enough, in my opinion, for him to win the Heisman. Yeah. Because a lot of times, more often than not, the Heisman winner comes as the best quarterback, or, you know, the quarterback of one of the best teams. And right. I don't see North Carolina ever being that. No, I concur. Fill in the blank. Speaking of Williams, it's blank that he painted FND on his fingernails during Saturday's game against the Irish. Of course, he didn't just write F. He actually yes. spelled out he the spelled word. out. All Use four. your imagination if you need to. But all four right there. What do you think of that, Vince? Well, I think a lot of things about this. Number one, to me, to Vince, it's incredibly immature and kind of stupid to paint your nails. And But if that's what motivates you, then Supposedly so he does this right. with all the you know, Like he did it with you okay. at UCLA the week before you know, kind of thing. And that's okay. I mean, if that's what motivates you, if painting your nails motivates you, then I guess peace be with you. You know, right. that's fine. Like and I'm in the huddle and I'm going to look at my yeah, nails. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think the funniest part about this whole thing is how upset it got Notre Dame fans. Oh my gosh. It's like, guys, if you don't like it and I realize the fans aren't on the field, you don't like it. Shut him up. Like make yeah. it play bad. I, I don't like, who cares? It, it's not, just because it happened to be on his nails, guys write stuff on their eye black. They write stuff on their shoes. You know, baseball players write stuff on the bottom of their bill, right? That's what I would have my team do all the time yeah. at the beginning of the season. Write down a personal goal and a team goal. Write it on your bill so you see it all the time, right? <clears throat> is it silly that he puts it on his fingernails? Yeah, it is. But who cares, man? Who cares? And that's what it comes down to, you know, if uh, – you know, super 
zoomed in lens hadn't caught it. Right. <laughs> then no one would be talking. You know, it's like so minuscule. Of course, nobody saw it like during the broadcast, right? I don't think they zoomed in on it during the broadcast. This was all all still photos and stuff that showed up afterwards. I think it's a little stupid. But again, at the same time, like, you know, I when I played back in high school and, you know, I would write things on my cleats or yeah. whatever, you know, I didn't write any, any expletives. Vanities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so that part's immature. Like that part's yeah. immature to me. He could have put beat Notre Dame or, you know, something along those lines. I mean. Right. And on. I was thinking, you know, like, what did Notre Dame ever do to Caleb Williams before the other, you know, and like they didn't do anything. To they didn't him. recruit him. Okay. Night. So yeah. they didn't get recruited. I, I, yeah. Okay. I, should Notre Dame have recruited them after Saturday night? Yeah, they should have recruited them. Yeah. Just another thing for me to not like Brian Kelly about. Okay. <laughs> you didn't recruit him. Okay. I mean, Notre Dame didn't recruit a lot of guys that are really good. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I find it incredibly immature, but I, I find it more immature that Notre Dame fans are upset about it. How about that? Yeah. And see, this guy has got it in his handle, F-U-S-C-N-D-E-A. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. Okay, fill in the blank. There was a lot of anti-Herb Street Fowler <laughs> stuff, both during and after Saturday night's game. Biggest issue you had with them was blank. Well, I, I was in the watch party, obviously. and uh, Which I forgot when I yeah, wrote this question. but Which is totally cool. Those guys in general, okay, so I'm going to go from a generality standpoint with this uh, because I didn't hear their commentary, right? But from a generality standpoint, they're going to push whatever national storyline that they think they need to push. And that was clearly Caleb Williams uh, on Saturday night. And they were pushing him like crazy from what I understand, right? But you know what? They backed the right dog in the fight. I mean, I guess I don't really have a huge issue with it, even though it came off as incredibly homerish. But that's what they do. Every time Notre Dame played Clemson, they were all over Trevor Lawrence. Every, you know, that's just what they do. People need to not get their, you know, what's in a bunch. Yeah, and I mean, you know, again, like we're starting to, you know, we, we, all it all it took was saying their name and three, two, one. You know, here come yep. all the people exactly. sounding off. One, you know, this is just like the Joe Buck hate, right? Because like you're right. watching, you're watching a World Series game. You know, you've got the Indians and the Cubs. When the Cubs are winning and the Cubs are making plays, Indians fans think that Joe Buck is is cheering for the Cubs. When the shoe is on the other foot, Cubs right. fans think that he's cheering for the Indians. If Notre Dame would have been winning and they would have been talking up Drew Pine, you'd have no problem with anything right. that they said. You know that. So that's that's part of it. You're disgruntled. You're sure. ticked off. Your team is losing. And so every little thing, it's like, Dollar is cheering more for USC. You know, he's more excited for USC than he is for Notre Dame. And it's like, you know, okay, I get it. You're, you're, you're ticked off. Your team's losing. Here's the thing I had the biggest problem with. And it came down to one thing. Because, again, like the past to Mario Williams, when, you know, again, when Williams scrambles all over the place and he, and he hits Williams and then Williams jumps up and he does the – the first down point, Feller's like, oh, and he converts the fourth down when, it, when he's like eight yards short yeah. of the first yeah. down. It wasn't because he was cheering for Williams. To, I think he just got caught up and he saw Williams do the point, and rather than actually look at where the yard markers are, he fell for that. 
you know, which is an issue. It's, you know, you still have to be aware of what's going on in the field. But I think that was why he got fooled by Williams doing that. My biggest thing was the whole Brandon Joseph on the punt return because Herb Street, they diagrammed like, and Herb Street was perfectly right. Like, if Joseph, instead of fair catching that punt, if he takes off to his right, he might go the distance because, as Herb Street said, all he's got is offensive linemen to beat on that side of the field, but instead he fair catches it. But but then where Herb Street stuck his foot in his mouth it is when he says, well, I can forgive that because Joseph's not the regular punt return man. Well, See, that's not doing your homework. Did you do any preparation for yeah. this game? Because all you've got to do is look at a stat sheet and go, huh, Brandon Joseph has 18 punt returns this season. Matt Salerno has four. I mean, right. did you just stick in game film from the last couple weeks and mm -hmm. you saw this other guy back there on punt returns? So Brandon Joseph's not the regular punt returner. That's my biggest issue is the lack of preparation yeah. put into it. And like, is the fact that he's doing game day and an NFL game on Thursday affecting that? You know, that I think that that was a legitimate question that maybe people had about it when he gets this job doing NFL games on Thursday, because that's, you cannot, when you're doing a national, you're doing the national game of the week every week. And there are a lot of things they're going to slide by some people, you know, like USC fans, probably, you know, that, that went right over their head, you know, unless they're really paying attention, they don't know who Notre Dame's regular punt returner is. That's a huge thing though. It is. And Brandon, jo Brandon Joseph has been the main punt returner. He's been season. good at it. He's been injured for a couple weeks. He's been good yeah. at it too. Yeah. So the lack of preparation is the biggest thing. Right. Me. You can all that other stuff. It's whatever. Again, it's like you get disgruntled as a fan and you're watching the game, and you know some of those things bug you a little bit more. But the the lack of preparation by a national gut like Herb Street is basically supposed to be the preeminent college football analyst. He's got to yeah. know that. He just does. Yep. I agree completely. And he I'm did sure again, tell you that too, but Ben Tarnowski, I just had his up there. He did the Ohio state game where Brandon Joseph was the punt returner. Good call. So yep. that it's a really good call, Ben. You're hundred percent, right? That's just lack of preparation. And that's weak. That's weak, yep. you know, and I need to go back and watch that again uh, because somebody said that the gunner purposely ran past Joseph because he fair caught it so that he was down there prepared to make the tackle, but then ran past him. So, like, I don't know if it was as obvious. I don't know. I, I'd have yeah. to see it. I, I'm just saying what somebody said. Again, like, when I – the first half when I was watching it live, couldn't hear any audio because, you know, we were in a, a little bar down there. Second right. half, they sounded like chipmunks on the TV because of the bad feed <laughs> that I had. And I've watched, you know, some of it since I've been home. But I just got home last night. I've watched some of it. Yeah. Today I haven't watched the whole thing, so I didn't get to that point. Yeah. So I'd have to go back and watch that as well. Okay, ACC Big Ten Basketball Challenge is going to come to an end after this year. SEC uh, Big 12 Challenge is also going to end. The ACC actually put out a release, an official release about this today. So starting next year, we're going to get the ACC-SEC Basketball Challenge. Do you buy or sell the move, Vince? I sell it. It's terrible because I, I don't SEC basketball, like SEC basketball. So, so now I'm an ACC guy because I, I follow Notre Dame. Notre Dame is in the ACC. So I'm putting my ACC hat on, right? ACC, pretty darn good basketball conference normally, right? The SEC, 
eh. Big 10, usually a pretty good basketball conference. Yeah. Why would you not want the two preeminent basketball conferences playing against each other? That was the whole point of doing that in the first place. So you're going to drop the Big 10, which frankly has been better than the ACC, I think, top to bottom for the past couple of years anyway. And now you're going to hook up with the SEC? Like that's, I, I'm sorry, that's a downgrade in matchups to me. I think big picture for for the ACC, I, I agree with what you're saying. From a Notre Dame perspective, though, in the games that were, you know, it's like, how many more times does Notre Dame have to play Michigan State, Illinois, or Iowa? You you're know, it's wrong. like there was wrong. never any variation in yeah. in who their opponents were. So I'm, you know, so like from from purely a Notre Dame perspective, I don't mind seeing this go away. But you're right, it like in terms of overall matchups. ACC Big Ten are two of the better yes. college basketball conferences year in and year out. And to see it go away from that aspect, you know, it's like you get North Carolina, Indiana, you know, those kind of things. You know, it's like there's a lot better matchups. The SEC, as you said, is not necessarily known for – and I guess there's going to be a Big Ten – I can't remember if there's going to be a Big Ten, Big 12 thing or not. But just all switching teams yeah. essentially. Like – yeah. I don't know. But, I just none of those matchups are going to get me all that excited. I guess the only one would be if Kentucky, Notre Dame got to play Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, but, but still, like even well, that, we've seen that one. You know, we still see that one over the years. Absolutely. So you want to see Ole Miss? You want to see Florida? Like I, I don't know. None of those just really do anything for me. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Other than Kentucky, I mean, who's going to move the needle for you now? Yeah. When the big now, like when Texas and Oklahoma come in, maybe that becomes a little bit more a little bit more attractive. but still not as much as the big 10 because at least the big 10 you have regional ties like because we're in big 10 country right so you know you're going to fill up a stadium a lot more you know an arena a lot more readily because you're going to get some opposing fans maybe people don't like that but i like a full arena when i go to games you know what i mean and i yeah. i'm going to go to the game on wednesday night against michigan state i it's probably going to be full you know, and it's going to be a good crowd until the beatdown begins. But you going to do a little game sure. recap after that? Uh, maybe. All right. All I'm right, counting maybe. on you. Oh, <laughs> uh, bonus question, Vince. Yes. What's the better Thanksgiving leftover, turkey or stuffing? Stuffing. All right. Well, you're talking about leftovers. So you can do a lot with turkey, though. You can go with a sandwich route. You can just True. go the open-faced route. Yep. There's a lot of things you can do, and if you don't warm up the stuffing properly, then it's kind of gooey, and it's kind of, and that's, that's where not, I would have an issue. So I've got the answer for you. What do you okay. got, brother? I want I want everyone to take notes on this. Okay, <laughs> two years ago, I bought this. It's a little mini. It's only like this big around. It's a waffle maker, okay. right? So, little mini waffle maker. You take your stuffing, you shove it in the waffle maker. For about five, you know, however long it takes, gets nice and crispy on the outside. Ooh. So you're making a stuffing waffle, right? And like you, you were just talking about, it. oh, it's too, you know, it can, yeah. it can, it can get gooey and stuff like that. So you've got a little waffle then with nice, warm, crispy goodness on the outside, and then you, you, if you know, if you want, you can make two little waffles, or you can just cut that in half. You shove your turkey in there. You know, if you like your cranberry sauce, your, that your, was a trick your gravy. So the answer is 
the stuffing because to me you can do more with the stuffing but again that's like the perfect way to wow. make your your post thanksgiving sandwiches I like with it. the stuffing waffle or the that's... waffle stuffing whatever you want to call it <laughs> trust me on this it is a pro move it is a pro move i just had one today because we didn't get the full you know we were gone yeah we got bohemian thanksgiving down there which well, was that was like eh. Yeah. But my in-laws and, and Jesse were up here, so they left us some of their leftovers. Nice. And so I I did the uh the uh stu the waffle stuffing. Boom. You, you guys, gals, you're not gonna be disappointed if you try this. <laughs> I guarantee it. If you are a stuffing person, you're not I am a stuffing person and uh but we went out to eat, so I don't have any leftovers, unfortunately. Yeah. We but, used to do that too. And we, we went, yeah. you know what? Like, even though it's a pain in the butt cooking all that food for just three or four people or whatever, it's like, if you want the leftovers, yeah, you do it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. All right. Well, uh, tomorrow is the one year anniversary. BK day. Oh, is it really? It is. Wow. Tomorrow is one year BK day. Jesse and I will get into that on tomorrow's show nice so we'll have it for you all right nice i all like right. that I, I knew i knew it was I, I actually thought about that today because it was right after the stanford game last year and i remember thinking to myself huh what day was that and now i know tomorrow um is there upon further review tonight vince uh the plan was to have it tonight uh but i have not spoken with brian all day so I assume yes, but I don't know the answer to that. To okay. Be perfectly honest. I just like to be honest with the people. All right. Not sure. Hit the like button on your way out if you would. Subscribe, rate, review on the podcast. The uh the IB Nation is growing larger and larger oh, every it. day. Appreciate you. All right, Vince. I will talk to you later. Yes, and, sir. Um, we'll talk to Air. Uh, we're getting out just in time because the porn box are showing up. We'll talk oh, to you tomorrow. Come on. Ivy Nation Sports Talk. <laughs>